Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. There is so much buzz right now about accelerating the use of the masses of clinical data housed in different systems. For example, payers are either obtaining clinical data through the acquisition of provider groups or deploying a broader clinical acquisition strategy through health information exchanges, provider network contract negotiations, and electronic medical records. A big obstacle is that an astounding 80% of clinical data is unstructured text, making it like finding needles in haystacks. There is real work to be done to make that data usable. Cleansing, normalizing, and structuring data is imperative. Today, we welcome Kim Perry, Chief Growth Officer at Intelligent, who will speak to how clinical AI is reliably finding those needles and haystacks of clinical data at scale by unlocking what's currently hidden in unstructured text. Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. I'm today's host, Michael McNutt, Director of Education and Events with Weedy, the preeminent national membership association for health IT guidance and collaboration. Recognized and trusted as a formal advisor to the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Weedy is the leading authority on the use of health IT to efficiently improve health information exchange, enhance care quality, and reduce cost. To learn more about Weedy membership benefits and our educational offerings, please visit our website, wedi.org. Today's guest, Kim Perry, is a veteran healthcare executive with deep experience in business development, building partnerships, and driving revenue. Her career has spanned Fortune 500 companies, high growth, and private equity-backed organizations. In addition to her full-time professional roles, Perry is past president of Women's Health Leadership Trust, an organization with 500 members that elevates and supports women at all phases of their healthcare career, and an advisory board member at Broadpath, a privately held call center company. Kim, welcome to the podcast. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, We start all our episodes finding a little bit more about our guests, uh, their origin story, if you will. So please, uh, you know, what were the motivations, aspirations, and inspirations that led you to this career in healthcare technology? Sure. So I will uh, try not to make it a tremendously long story, but I like to say I um, functionally grew up in sales and account management. That's where I started my career. Spent 14 years at a uh, Fortune 500 company. Um, which is how I eventually got to healthcare was managing their largest client being a health payer, health plan. Um, so that's how I got myself into healthcare. My role was really bringing solutions, innovative solutions to a health plan. And I observed very quickly that this industry, the health insurance industry, was ripe for transformation. I um, participated in the back office functions like claims processing, call centers, enrollments, communications, and I observed how antiquated the processes were, right? Old technology, very manual, people-based processes. And I like to say I caught the bug there that I wanted to help with the transformation. Um, So from there, I decided to move into consulting. I used the words peer consulting. Really what that meant was management consulting. So I... um, helped start a healthcare practice uh, for a management consulting firm where I helped my client base at that time, very heavy in payers through the transformation, um, but also started moving into the health system side as well, the care delivery side. And our role was helping um, the healthcare organizations, and they were quite large, but helping them through their business-driven transformations that were enabled by tech. That was the sweet spot that we sat in. And I certainly found a lot of passion in it. Um, Through that work, I observed that the innovation was often 
um, developed by these early stage health tech companies. That is where the innovation was happening in this in this industry. So then I wanted to move to the early stage health tech for um, collection of new experiences. And that is where I currently reside today. So from a, a health tech standpoint, how can I drive innovation into these large healthcare organizations that are seeking transformation? I mean, this industry is still very ripe for transformation. Yes, very much so. Thank you. Thank you. That was great. Now, utilizing that observational talent that you mentioned in your origin story, <laughs> um, what have you seen in terms of patient data usability? What are you and the folks at Intelligent seeing in terms of these issues with data in healthcare? Yeah, well, I would say, first of all, um, the adoption of EMRs, which, you know, started 20 plus years ago, but definitely we have critical mass at this point. So clinical data is now electronic. And now that there's critical mass around electronic clinical data, uh, these organizations are asking themselves the questions um, of how do they use it? How do they uh, access and use the clinical data to um, transform their business processes? So the way I look at the healthcare market and where clinical data can be used or should be used, there's really four segments that I focus on. The first segment being the payer industry, um, second being the health systems and the care delivery, third being life sciences or pharmaceutical companies, and then the fourth being life insurance and reinsurance. So those are sort of the four healthcare verticals that I um, observe their desire to use clinical data, sometimes for the first time ever. So if I think about payers, um, payers, are looking to transform their business processes from claims-based data to clinical data. And if they can do that, there is tremendous optimization and potential to be had. So things like risk adjustment um, or helping with STARS and, and HEDIS measures, uh, prior authorization and chart review, even for payment integrity. So, so many uh, use cases in the payer vertical if, if they have access to clinical data that can really transform their business. In terms of health systems, general analytics, as I mentioned, now that there's critical mass around having digital data, they're asking themselves questions and they realize um, they don't necessarily have their arms around the data to answer some of those questions. I, I would suggest that today, a lot of those focus areas around operation and finances, um, not quite to the clinical use cases, but it's certainly a, a fast follow. Um, additionally, you know, the the burnout of clinicians is real. And how do we help clinicians with productivity enhancements? So how can we use technology to help the clinicians in their uh, daily workflow? So how do we help with um, chart summary and patient summary so they don't have to pour through the records themselves? And I would also say research, research use cases on the academic medical side. In terms of life sciences, I certainly see three areas that they're eager to get their hands on the clinical data and enhance um, drug discovery and accelerating the drug discovery. Additionally, uh, cohort identification or site selection for clinical trials. And then finally, real-world evidence. So after uh, therapeutics are commercialized, how are we um, proving efficacy uh, post-commercialization with the real-world evidence? And then I think finally, life insurance, reinsurance may be um, a bit more simple to think about, but underwriting, the underwriting process uh, could be streamlined and um, improved. So that is where I'm seeing and my observations coming in around the use of clinical data across really the full spectrum of healthcare. 
That's great. Uh, I was doing some research on you earlier and saw that you wrote an article for the American Journal of Managed Care on the use of NLP, which is different. And we can talk about, you know, the difference between NLP and clinical AI. Uh, but the use of NLP to aid with the continuity of care documents, CCDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you offer our listeners a, some of the finer points of that article? And in our um, podcast description, I'll put a link to that article as well so they can check it out. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, so the CCD document is a continuity of care document. It is a standardized form that is generated by EMRs. And even the um, simple term of standardized form, you would think it would be easy to be read by computers, but in fact, it's not. Because really, that CCD document is a combination of structured as well as unstructured text. So there's oftentimes um, sort of notes just dumped inside of the CCD. That CCD is really the communication path of clinical documents between institutions. So oftentimes a payer, if they're looking for clinical information on their membership, they're going to receive a CCD. That is the format that they're receiving. And so again, um, knowing that the complexity of the CCD is not an easy document to be read by computers, the use of NLP in this situation is necessary to really get the insights that are locked up in that note inside of that CCD document. Fantastic. And once again, I'll have a link to that in our description. I'll speak with Kim Perry, Chief Growth Officer at Intelligent. Now let's move over away from NLP and let's talk about the clinical AI. Uh, You mentioned those four verticals. Now let's throw in AI or clinical AI into those four verticals, not going into too much detail. Feel free. We, you know, we don't want to keep, we don't want to keep you here all day, but how is Intelligent taking clinical AI and kind of peppering it within those verticals in order to improve clinician bur- blow, uh, bur- burden, um, improving patient outcomes, um, and, and also cleaning and making data more usable? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, for my own benefit, I like to keep things simple. So I like to just define some of these terms that we're using uh, because there's a lot of just acronyms out there and, and kind of confusion around AI and gen AI and clinical AI and NLP. So the way I view AI as a category is just generally um, simulation of human intelligence by computer. So how can we use computers to simulate what a human would typically do? Um, what clinical NLP. So NLP, natural language processing, is a branch of AI. And what natural language processing aims to do is allowing computers to understand language the way a human would. And so now we're going to add that clinical layer on top of it. Medical language is a different language. It is not the English language. And, you know, one could argue that um, physicians go to med school for four years to learn a a new language. And so in order for... um, people to understand the insights in clinical documents using clinical languages or clinical language. Today, it's been, we rely on physicians and clinicians to do the reading. 80% of the clinical record is unstructured text, which means it's unreadable by a computer. And in a world of AI, that's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. So globally, uh, the industry certainly needs to transform. The cost of healthcare in this country is going up every single year. Our clinicians are burdened and um, burned out, and we need to give them tools. And so I think that's where the promise of the use of AI is. is well, the, the use of AI is very promising. Um, now, going back to the problem with medicine being a different language and how do we get computers 
to help us with a language in medicine and when 80% of it is unstructured. So that is where intelligent comes in. And that's how we view the opportunity in the market is how can we help data become AI ready? How are we looking at clinical AI and, and throwing it into the problem of what the payers are experiencing, what health systems are experiencing? Um, how okay. are we making it better? How, how is AI making healthcare better from an intellig- intelligent perspective? Yeah, so the problem that Intelligent is solving is helping uh, the 80% of clinical data that is in unstructured form readable by computers. So for a payer, as an example, um, they oftentimes receive CCD documents on their membership, their um, uh, the members that they own financial risk on, and they're looking to glean clinical insights from that data to help them with their actuarial models for risk adjustment purposes or general healthcare economics purposes. So what Intelligent is, is helping do is take in that um, CCD document and the unstructured text, structuring it, uh, putting it into a database for data scientists or data scientist tools or applications to layer on top of it to pull out those unique insights. So... Um, Payers are using, payers would like to glean the insights from the CCD documents and specifically the notes to uh, help populate actuary models, risk adjustment purposes um, for payment integrity. Uh, you know, after applying the algorithm on the claims data, whether it was paid correctly, there's often a chart pull. We need to review the chart and the, the chart has to be read by a, a clinician because they are the ones that understand that language. So we are helping aid um, the physicians, the clinicians in the in the chart review process in that scenario. So what we be, what we believe at Intelligent is that we're solving the scale problem because eighty percent of the clinical record is locked up in unstructured data and computers can't access it. We've had we've rely on clinicians to physically read, and that's going to be a problem as we try to scale the use of clinical data. We don't have enough clinicians in the the world to be able to to manually review all of the um, the information we're looking for. Mm -hmm. So that is where where clinical AI and specifically clinical NLP comes in, is structuring the unstructured data so computers can read it to enable multiple use cases. I like that, structuring the unstructured. I'm using that for their title. (laughs) Awesome. Speaking with Kim Perry here, uh, Chief Growth Officer at Intelligent on the Collective Voice of Health IT. Now we talk all, all the time about the benefits of AI. AI is going to do this, and AI can do this, and AI will do this. Let's talk about some of the challenges and some of the concerns that folks have with AI. Um, I'll mention in a uh, future question about the speed that AI has just kind of found its way into healthcare. But let's talk about some of the challenges that Intelligent um, have seen and and Mm -hmm. how are they addressing it. Um, Anything from, you know, bad data in, bad data out, having the computers being able to read that information, you know, what are some of the challenges generally having AI in healthcare and what are the challenges that the folks at Intelligent have noticed? Yeah, I would say the biggest challenge is trust. Trust of the AI. Um, and you do need trust for adoption purposes, uh, obviously. And I think um, trust, uh, in order to solve for trust or enhance trust or um, allow for trust, it has to be explainable. AI has to be explainable. Where did the information or the decision come from? And so what Intelligent does in this space, uh, again, we're 
clinical grade NLP. So we are looking for extraction of information from clinical documents. And when we extract the information and serve it up to the clinician for review, we show them exactly where it comes from. So we show them the character offsets of where the the language that they're looking for came from. We can even pull up the source document right next to it. So the trust is built because we may have used the AI to serve up the information for the clinician to review, but we're also pointing back to where it came from. So what we've done is condensed the review time. We're again, helping the scale problem and uh, reducing the time it takes to find that needle in the haystack, but we're also showing where the needle was, was found, the source information. And that leads... Um, to gaining trust, trust of the people using the technology. And, and that's the use of and the, what's a lot of folks call the responsible use of AI or responsible AI. So, so what are some of the, uh, you know, areas that Intelligent is focusing on in terms of bias and responsible AI to make sure that whatever the output is, it's clean and unbiased? Mm-hmm. So certainly the explainability portion is, is what we're leaning into. Um, auditability, right? And especially as we look to have AI regulated, I'm certain that um, auditability is going to be um, uh, an expectation. So we built that from the very day one. Day one of our engine is we built in the explainability or the auditability, knowing that, that it's going to be needed not only for adoption, but eventually for future regulation. Um, In terms of bias, uh, we might be slightly different, right? We're not building um, clinical algorithms to make clinical decisions. We are a truth extraction tool. Gotcha. And so what we do is we take um, clinical data. So we take source documents and we train models. So we have uh, physician annotators that are annotating tens of thousands of of um, items on a, a quarterly basis, but we ultimately have you know over two million annotations. So these are physicians, our own in-house physicians, using their knowledge, annotating the the clinical data that we have, and building the models. And so we are fine-tuning our own models. And again, um, the output of the model is explainable. We can pull exactly where it came from. So we spend a lot of our time in quality. So the quality output of the engine is going to be um, at the highest accuracy level possible. Excellent. You mentioned regulations. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, AI, more than any other technology I've seen in quite some time, has not only been accepted, but just like I really pushed the boundaries in terms of healthcare, in terms of what it can do for healthcare. Um, Of course, the idea of regulations, but as we all know, regulations take time. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like AI is slowing down for regulations. (laughs) So... Is this not talking so much about regulations, but talking about the speed of adoption of artificial intelligence? Are we moving too quickly? I know it sounds silly. You, you work for a company that is utilizing AI, but um, do we have, and I say we as the healthcare industry, do we have a good handle on AI? Are we able to, it, it feels like the bull in the china shop and we're just trying to hang on for dear life and we're allowing the benefits to occur but at what cost? Are, are we moving too quick in terms of AI adoption? I would say yes and no. Um, for other trends prior to AI, I have observed a lot of talk and conversation before uh, trying a solution even presented itself. And that just builds an unnecessary time, in my opinion. So what's different about AI, and I actually credit 
the use of chat or the launch of ChatGPT, everyone is using it now, mm-hmm. right? So the launch of a solution like ChatGPT allows people to touch, feel it, and use it quite easily. Um, now, what they what I'm observing is once they're using these type of tools, they now see the downside, right? They're they're uh, picking up a use case or creating their own science project of what they want to use it for, and they're starting to use it, which is great. But they're seeing the downsides of it and starting to understand the challenges ahead of them and what they're going to need to solve for. Um, So as it relates to clinical AI and what I've, the adoption level currently in the market, so people are dabbling. Uh, Everybody in in each of the industries that I mentioned are dabbling in their own use case. They're seeing the inherent challenges mostly around accuracy. Is the information accurate? Mm -hmm. Can I prove it's accurate? Um, and then they they start honing in on what what the um, core problem is to the level of accuracy, and so I think that's where they come find us. So the generative AI products are creating new content, right? Yeah. There is no explainability with those type of products. Once the end users are starting to dabble and they realize how important trust and explainability are, and tool gener- generative tools at their core are creating new content don't solve that problem. So then they kind of find a solution to help them solve for that. And that's where they they come across us. So we are the truth extraction. So where we start coming into the equation is that they understand they could rely on the truth extraction. So we are structuring the data and then put generative AI on top of it. It makes it really easy to use. So I do think adoption is going to come fast and furious, but they're we're in a playground right now. They're, everyone's in a sandbox, trying it out, finding the finding the problems with the solutions as they exist today, but then going to find the solutions to plug those holes. Exciting. Exciting. I'm sure it's very exciting for you at Intelligent and talking with me and folks like me and writing articles about it. It's fantastic. Uh, thank you for being such a fantastic guest today. Before you go, is there anything you would like to recommend to the listeners to learn more about the work that you're doing, about AI, about you know, articles, books that you've read that you'd really like to share with our listeners. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I certainly would love for people to um, come check us out at our LinkedIn page for on for the Intelligent LinkedIn page. We also, for those that just want to understand the art of the possible is what I like to call it, just start exploring what it could look like. Um, come to our website and check out our free trial. So you can get exposure to um, what it might look like to structure the unstructured text within clinical documents and the art of the possible of what your use case, um, how it might be optimized. So that's what I would like to plug, and I really appreciate it. Our pleasure, our pleasure. This has been the Collective Voice of Health IT, a weedy podcast, where the healthcare IT community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. Find all our episodes as well as information on our association on our website, wedi.org. Thank you for joining us, and be safe.